It's Mailbag Monday. We answer your questions that you provided us today on the show, including what to do with Matt Murray, which core four member should get traded, is Sheldon Keefe safe, all that and more, coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Lease Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On These Podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano from TSN. Also, my guy, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Uh, today's going to be uh, a fun show. We haven't done a mailbag in a long time, Dave, so uh, I'm excited to get into it. We put out a video, we put out a tweet asking all of our viewers. We tossed in the Discord. The Discord went off with questions for us, so that was awesome to see. Uh, but this is a segment that we'll probably do as the uh, as the the off season nears. We'll do it more often, maybe like twice a month. We could do a mailbag segment where you, the listeners, kind of control what we talk about by asking us the questions, and we will answer them to the best of our ability. Uh, that being said, why don't we get this show on the road, my guy? Because we got a lot of questions yep. the good people have for us. So why don't we get things started? Um, what do you want to hear first? What what's the first question you wanna you wanna toss out here, Dave? Well, I think we gotta go with the one that you brought off kind of in your intro there, and it's about one Matt Murray. This coming from Albert B. What would it take for the Leafs to get rid of the Murray contract? Oof. 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 Okay, so this is an interesting one. Um <laughs> it's a polarizing conversation, obviously, to talk about Matt Murray because I think I'm of the belief that there's no way that Matt Murray is going to be on this Maple Leafs active roster next season. Does that mean that they roll the dice and and maybe Matt Murray's injury history could end up, you know, causing him to not play next season or at all, and he ends up on Robeda Island, perhaps? But if that's not the case, I think the Maple Leafs really have two options. One is trade Matt Murray. That would be option number one. And option number two, I guess, would be a buyout. What would it take for the Leafs to get rid of the Matt Murray contract? If we're talking trade, Dave, I think when you look at it, the reason why it makes it a little bit more difficult to trade Matt Murray is because his actual cash is worth more than the AAV. That's not typically the type of contracts that get traded typically it's the opposite it's the front-loaded deals that have large cap on the back end with not much money that teams like you know columbus or teams like uh, arizona and chicago would like to take just to reach the cap floor florida did it for years but this isn't that situation this is a situation where it's a low cap number at about 4.75 but Six million dollars in actual cash because Ottawa has 25% of his contract. He's actually making eight million in real cash next year, which is just absurd for Matt Murray to be making eight million dollars. Um, so what do you think it would take for the Leafs to be able to convince a team to take on that 
much of a detrimental contract. Basically, it's a $6 million contract, and you're essentially going to have to pay someone to take that on. Um, I mean, in the past, we've seen this happen before, right? $6 million bucks. that was the Patrick Marlowe deal, and it cost at least a first-round pick. I would assume it would take a first-round pick for the Maple Leafs to find a taker for Murray's contract again. I, I, I don't think, think there I would think be so. – like there's no there's no value to Matt Murray. If anyone thinks, oh, seventh-round pick and a bag of pucks, there's no value. You are going to have to pay to move Matt Murray. That's just a fact, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, the, the unfortunate part here is the injuries, right? Because, like, performance-wise, I've seen worse from these goaltenders. Like, we're not talking about Peter Mrazek performance-wise. It's the injuries. That's the problem with Matt Murray. So a team that's trained for him, they're, they're going into the, into the idea that he's not going to play a lot of games for us, so we're not going to give up any assets. First off, the Leafs didn't even give up any assets no. for to begin with. Like, if, the, if you think the Leafs in some way are going to try to make a hockey trade out of this where they're going to try to get something back, that's just not going to happen. I also think when you look at um, the fact that Matt Murray has a modified no trade clause, he yeah, could just, another he problem. Could, he could put a lot of teams on that list that are going to give the Leafs a lot of problems trying to move them. And Murray's earned that right because he got that negotiated into his contract. So there's a lot of issues in trying to make this deal for the Leafs. And that's why I'm, you know, it's going to cost a pretty penny if they say, if a team says, yeah, we'll take Matt Murray and we're not on his trade list. It is going to cost that first round pick. And I just, and it's not going to be one of those. We're going to trade. You give us a first round pick and we'll give you a second round pick back. This is not going to be like the Peter Morazic situation. No, it's not. It's not going to be that at all. This is a, a much different situation. It's much closer to the Patrick Marlowe deal. in The Maple Leafs had to pay first round pick for a team who basically they bought a first round pick for six million bucks. I think it would be relatively the exact same situation. The question is then, well, do you want to give up a like would the Maple Leafs want to give up a first round pick to get out of the contract, or is there another situation or another way to get out of Matt Murray's contract? And there is, and it's it's you know a conversation that you know you could have, and I'm sure they're gonna deliberate this in the front office. Are you better off buying out Matt Murray? So keeping that first round pick. And buying him out but what that would mean for the team is you would have a dead cap hit next season as well so you could trade him away this year give up the first round pick and you would have you know no none of his cap remaining on the books you would completely try and move out that money and, and open up the you know 4.7 million dollars that's on the cap next season or you could buy him out and you would end up saving uh, a lot of money next year. You could save, uh, what would you be saving over over cap? Uh, so his cap hit next year would be 687000 So you'd be saving like $3.9 million in cap if you bought him out this year, but then there'd be a $2 million cap hit the following season. And that that's where you got to you know think to yourself, what would we rather? Would we rather give up a first-round pick and just not have to worry about that cap hit, or would you rather keep the first-round pick but take that $2 million cap hit in year number two of that bio. That ultimately, I think, is the question that Brad Trilliving and company are going to have to ask themselves uh, moving forward. Because that, to me, is, is you know, whichever you would rather do is essentially how you would go about the Matt Murray situation this offseason. 
Yeah, and that's why you know the the idea of trading a first round pick it, it just doesn't sit well. Now, look, it's a late first round pick, so you're not trading like what they did with Carolina, where you're trading a top fifteen pick, and right. then it ended up being a decent player in Seth Jarvis going the other way. At the same time, you know the two million dollars is a tough one for the Leafs, where they've been penny pitching pretty much every season. Like two million dollars does mean a lot. But well, $2 million sure. can also be made up in different ways. We've seen the way that caps, like, look at Vegas's cap right now. Like, teams find a way that even if you're spending a little bit more, you know, you find ways to save, right? It's the cost of doing business. I think the first round pick might be actually worth more than having, the, you know, than, than the situation where you're saying, ah, do we want that $2 million cap it? I think the first round pick is more worth keeping than, trying to do that i agree so i i i I think that a buyout is more likely than a trade of matt murray i'm i'm fully with you all right let's get another one here (laughs) we uh thank you for the question albert b that was a good one and one that i know has been a, a topic of conversation for uh for a little bit here why don't we hear from somebody else now and get another question from one of the listeners uh just a reminder you can Use, uh, you know, we'll be doing these mailbags throughout the off season a lot more often. So make sure that when you see us reach out to asking for questions and you want to know, uh, you know, what we think on something, just make sure that you reach out and um, also write in a question either on Twitter, on the Discord, or up the uh, YouTube video that we're posting. Are you putting another one up here? Yep. I got one here from Ryan J. Beauty. Asking about Max Domi. Is Max Domi a good fit for the team? If so, who do we give up to make it happen? I'm pretty sure it's a UFA. Yeah, that was going to be my first answer. Well, the Leafs don't have to give up anything other than, you know, making room for him on the roster. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know Max Domi's a player that obviously, you know, people in this market love because of who his father was but I'm not so sure that he necessarily fits this, this team all too well. And I think it it would depend on what he wants. If he just wants to rehabilitate his career, perhaps, and keep in mind, he's coming off a pretty good season that he had this year with, with Chicago getting dealt to Dallas, you know, made it to the conference final. Like, you know, Max Domi had a decent year where he somewhat rehabilitated his image uh, and resurrected his career. That being said, um, he probably will be looking for a couple, a couple million bucks this uh, this summer. And, and he I, just I came know. off a deal that paid him three million dollars. Yeah, and I, he probably would want something similar, three to four million. I think would be in the range that he's looking to get. And I don't think the Maple Leafs are really, really in the market for a player like him, who can who's making that much money. Like I just, I, I don't, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense for Toronto. To be completely honest with you, it's a fun name obviously with the lineage with his father, but ultimately unless he's willing to take a, a discount of like under 2 million, uh, like 1.5, I'm not sure I got much, uh, much love for Max Domi in a Leafs uniform next season. He didn't have like when Dallas traded for him, he wasn't very good for them in the regular season. It wasn't until the playoffs that he did get better. Yeah, there's some there's some good attributes that he brings. He's a decent skater. He brings that edge. I think that'll pe- a lot of people like. But he's also a very inconsistent player. You know, he went from being a 72 point player to then barely even being, you know, a top six guy. 
Like you don't know what you're going to get with Max Domi. And that, that just doesn't uh, seem like a wise investment when, you know, he's not going to take a discount to come to Toronto. Right. And he's going to look to get a little bit more stability. If a team is willing to offer a multi-year deal. And if I'm Toronto, I'm not giving Max Domi a multi-year deal. So, yeah, I just, I, I don't think the fit is there for many reasons. He's not, you know, he'd be a nice addition, but not not for what the Leafs need to look at doing this offseason. He wouldn't be a priority for me. The money would have to be right. The money would have to definitely be right for, for Max Domi. I mean, there's there's space for guys, I guess. Like, the Leafs only have, I think, seven forwards uh, currently under contract right now with, with the team. So there is space for a Max Domi and some depth players, but at the right number, right? And, and, and you know, it... it Reigns to be seen if Max Domi is willing to take a pay cut to come home to Toronto, or would he prefer to, you know, continue to, to make some money and go elsewhere where there's maybe more top six opportunity um, and go back to Chicago, perhaps a chance to play with Connor Bedard. I mean, got 49 points in 60 games when he was with Chicago and to your point, just seven and 20 games after the trade. But if he could go back there, Hey, maybe something like that could work, but I'm not, I'm not just a hundred percent sold that it would work uh, here in Toronto. All right. Um, he does have a good motor, though. I'll say that. And speaking yeah. of motors, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. I got my main man, Dave Morissuti, with me. We're doing a mailbag here today. Uh, so you guys are in charge of the content that we'll be talking about, not only today, but also tomorrow. It's a two-part podcast, so make sure that you return tomorrow. If your question wasn't answered on today's show, it should be answered on tomorrow's show. We got a lot of questions, especially from, uh, from our friends over in the Discord group. They went ham in the discord asking some questions. So uh, why don't we get to a couple of those ones as well, Dave toss up uh, the next question here that we want to answer on, uh, on our yeah. mailbag segment. What do we got? We'll, we'll go to the discord Canadian Ranger. One of our top, uh, uh, I would say contributors to the discord. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out Canadian Ranger. All right. What role do you see Shane Dome playing in Toronto's front office? So this okay. is a bit of a speculative one here. We're gonna yeah, have to explain this report to me because this kind of randomly popped up today. Can you explain it to me? Do you have any more information here? Yeah, so it, it this kind of was just floated out there. Um, Nick Kiprios did say that there were some rumblings that the Leafs were interested in bringing Shane Doan into the, um, into the front office. Um, Elliot Friedman said it can't be confirmed, but um, but that it wasn't totally off in that idea either. So there's a there's a there's a history here between Bradshaw Living and uh, and Shane Doan from the time in Arizona, right? Yes, Bradshaw Living was the assistant general manager for for many seasons. Uh, you know, while Shane Doan was the captain for the Coyotes, so clearly, you know, they do have uh, a working relationship together. So that would make sense. So what, Shane Dome's going to leave Arizona and come to Toronto? Well, he's like, not even with the Coyotes anymore, right? His, oh, really? Yeah, he left. Uh, when did he leave? I think it was like September, last September. 
he left the organization. He was taking a step back. Didn't they draft his son? Yeah, he did draft his son. <laughs> um, he actually was the one that made the pick, I'm pretty sure. So I I don't know where exactly this is this could what his role would be. I guess I mean it would probably be in some sort of like Jason Spezza like role where he's kind of an assistant to the general manager in some regard. Well, here's the thing with Shane Doan. I'm gonna double check this, but Shane Doan, if I'm not mistaken, um he does have more like he has actual managerial experience. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Was he not the GM of the World Junior Championships this past year? Like, I, I thought that he had some some managerial experience. I'm trying to find it here to see what exactly yeah, he was a part of the World Hockey Championship leadership team with uh, Doug Armstrong and Stevie Eiserman. Yeah, sorry, World Hockey Championships, not Junior no. <laughs> World Hockey Championships. So, like, he does have some you know, managerial experience, unlike Spezza. So, I mean, AGM probably wouldn't even be out of the question. Probably not, obviously. You know, he's not going to be a general manager. That's not Brad Trilliving's job. But potentially, you know, could he come in and be, be you know, like another one of the Maple Leafs 80,000 AGMs? Probably. And just be considered one of the, the right-hand men to Brad Trilliving? That could make some sense. For sure, I could see him playing that type of role if he wants to come here. Um, that'll be interesting, an interesting thing to follow because I think he's a very smart hockey person and, you know, he's a power forward. So if that's the case, I mean, maybe that does kind of change the complexion of how this team wants to operate if they start bringing in guys who, you know, played a certain way and have, have certain beliefs in a style of play. So I think Shane Doan would be a welcomed addition within the Maple Leafs front office. We'll see uh, We'll see where that goes. All right, next one. All right, we're going to go back to the YouTube ones. This is from Patrick G. Mafia. What do you guys think is a fair deal for Nylander? I personally think we should get a defenseman and some picks or possibly a trade for that second pick from Anaheim. Mm. Let, let's just say at, I don't think Adam Anaheim is trading Adam Fantilli for William Nylander. Like, no, I don't think so yeah. either. He's a franchise center. He would be the number one overall pick if it wasn't for Connor Bedard. Yeah, one hundred percent. Actually, I also got a tweet today. Somebody sending me their uh, a trade proposal, and it was William Nylander for Thatcher Demko, J.T. Miller with three million retained, and Anthony Bovillier for only William Nylander. That's what. That's what somebody reached out to me and was like, hey, Toronto should do this. Yeah, I bet they would if that was a possibility. But guess what? That sure as hell ain't a possibility. Um, what do I think is a fair deal for William Nylander? Look, I, I, I actually agree with Patrick here where I think that Toronto, if you are going to deal one of the big four, I am on board with, with trying to get a defenseman in return. Um, that's kind of been my thought process here for, for the last week or so. And we look back at Brad Trilliving and what he's done with his blue lines throughout the, the course of his tenure as general manager in Calgary, he had a pretty beefy blue line. Like there's some size there to the guys out in Calgary right now. And, you know, you look at Toronto, little undersized for what you would expect 
uh, a Brad Trilliving blue line to look like. So I would anticipate that if there is going to be some sort of deal here for the core four, let's say it is William Nylander, I think that he's looking around the league and thinking to himself, okay, who's a big defenseman who could skate, who's under contract, and look for that hockey deal similar to um, the Ryan Johansson-Seth Jones trade. It's a little different because these guys are, are a little further along than than Johansson and Jones. Um, well, Nylander's, I guess, a little further further along. But I think that would be in the ilk of those types of deals. A hockey trade where you know a team maybe has a surplus in blue in blue liners. And for a team in Toronto, clearly has a surplus in in top end forwards, and you help each other out, you get a nice little swap. Off the top of my head, I can't. Uh, can you think of of you know a, a trade that might work here potentially? Um, or a team that that might have some interest or, or some blue liners, like I mean, potentially you could take a take a peek, maybe at at like Winnipeg. I, the problem is, like Nylander does have a no trade that also does kick in uh, pretty soon. You could potentially look at the Islanders, like is Ryan Pollock a, a potential option? Maybe you could try and bring a guy like that into the fold. I think that would be maybe an interesting, uh, an interesting maneuver. Does Colorado want another, you know, forward? Could they give up uh, maybe a, a Devon Taze? I, I don't know if they would be interested in doing that, but. So you brought up that name and I wanted to stop here because I actually listened to the boys over at locked on avalanche. Yeah. And there's, there's rumbling. Like there, there's worries there that, you know, they have so much invested there. That Devontae's he's going to be a UFA after the next season, just like Nylander, and they're not going to be able to afford him. Mm. And that's and with Gabriel Landeskog out for the season, they need to add scoring up front, and that's why the they've said you know it wouldn't be a bad idea to see if a Devontae's for Will and Nylander trade could be a possibility. That's there we go. Do we possibly have a fair deal? I think that's a, a good starting point. Devontae's William Nylander, he kind of sorted out from there. But I do think that is a good, you know, starting point for a package that could help both sides, both squads. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got another one here that we want to get to before taking a break. Actually, let's take a break first. Let's take one more break and we get back. We'll get into a couple more questions. And remember, this is part one of two that we're going to be doing here for Locked On Lee's Return. For tomorrow's episode, if your question did not get answered, uh, I'm Mike DeSefano with Dave Morsuti. The Leaf Locked On Leafs podcast will continue after a word from our show sponsors. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. We're doing a mailbag edition of the show today, where you, the listeners, the viewers, take over what we are going to talk about. We've gone over a few of these already, whether it's you know, those who got involved asking questions on YouTube. And we've also had a, a Twitter question and also a bunch of you guys from the Discord. We thank everybody who asked questions. We want to try and get to all of them. Um, why don't we continue along and get to another one here? Um, so just toss up any one of these that we got cooking, Dave, and let's answer it. Oh, this is an interesting one, mainly just because of the name. Yeah. Donald J. Trump 69. Nice. 
Uh, <laughs> do you think they're committing one way or another on Keefe to see if Coach Q gets reinstated? Dave, you go first on this one. I mean, I've talked about Joe Quinville a few times on the pod. I personally don't – and Mike brought up some good reasons why he doesn't think Quinville to the least makes sense, mainly because of the issues that he is currently dealing with and not working in the NHL for. Like if no, 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 not mainly. It's the only reason. Sorry, the only reason, right. Like he would be with the Florida Panthers right now. Maybe they'd be doing a better job in the Stanley Cup final. Just saying. But um, I, I think – I think what they're trying to do with Sheldon Keefe is they're they don't want to use that bullet in their chamber just yet, right? There's a like Brad True Living has no reason to get rid of Sheldon Keefe right now. Yeah, maybe if Joe Quenville gets reinstated, they can have that conversation. But I I, I just don't think right now is the time where you get rid of Sheldon Keefe because you don't need to. Like, there's really no reason to do it unless there's a another coach other than Joe Quenville that you really want. And you're just like, you know what? We would like to have Sheldon Keefe return, but we think this guy's better. Let's just go and get him. But I, I just, for Joe Quenville, I don't think the Leafs are making that move right now. So I had a few people in the last video, when I brought up the report that it's possible that instead of seeing Sheldon Keefe get fired, in fact, we could actually see him get a contract extension and I was told that I was losing my marbles a little bit. I'm I'm curious to what you think, Dave. Do you think it's more likely that Sheldon Keefe gets let go this summer or gets an extension? I think it's more likely at this point, hearing how Brad Living was talking about him, I think it's more likely he gets an extension. Okay, do you think it's more likely he gets an extension or plays out the season as a lame duck coach? I don't think they're going to do the lame duck coach approach. I, I, you don't see teams do that. Like they don't, you don't see many teams go into that final year with their coach just because it's, you're setting yourself up for that constant question. Like what they did with Kyle Dubas, right? Coach is a little different because he's the one facing the media every day. So he can't duck those questions like Kyle Dubas when he just did his, you know, random appearances throughout the season. Right, you give them the extension. That's one thing the coach doesn't have to talk about or think about. Sure, is his job security still like fully intact? No, and we kind of know this with Sheldon Keefe, and he knows it. But at least with the extension, that brushes away some of that idea of him always having to talk about: Are you coaching for your job? What are you going to do? Do you think you're going to come back next year? He can at least say, "Well, I have a contract, so I'll be back." And he can, and that ends that conversation right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Obviously, with uh, with that one, I'm gonna toss one up on the screen here because this is one that I think I want to. I think we should get to, and it might be a, a bit of a spicy meatball. So why don't we get to it right now? Blue thirteen, another beauty from the Discord. If Matthews is to be extended, will the extension also come along? with the C that is spice. I saw that one. I'm just like, yeah, we're going to have to talk about this one for sure. And you gotta, you gotta sell Austin Matthews in a lot of ways. Now money speaks a lot, but also maybe just 
having a different I, I don't I don't think there's a problem if the Leafs decide they need another a different voice in that locker room. Like John Tavares has guided this team, you know, he's done an an okay job. I think I don't think he's been the best captain in terms of I don't think he was the best choice when you think of guys in the locker room and like like you're building around Austin Matthews. That's why I think the captain conversation makes more sense. I personally think Morgan Rowley should have been the captain if you're looking for the best guy in the room, because I think Morgan Rowley has proven that he is he can be that guy. But we know that the Leafs want to make sure that Austin Matthews is priority number one. And what better way to say your priority number one, but also say this is going to be your team. Now, is he ready to be the captain? Well, he wasn't ready when John Tavares was named the captain because we know what happened not too long after that announcement yeah. was made. The, well, before the announcement was made, yeah. actually, which some people, some little tin hat theory, theorists think that that's the reason why Tavares got it over Matthews also. Yeah. I I just think that, you know, if you're going to eventually move off from JT with, the, with that captaincy, you have that conversation to say, you know what? We we appreciate what you've done here. You'll still be a very important part of this team, but we also want to usher in, you know, Austin as the guy, right? The kind of take that responsibility a little bit more. I'll tell you the only way I'm I'm on board with it. Okay. The only way I see Austin Matthews getting the seat. The first is he commits to a long term deal. Yes. Number, yeah. I don't want to see three, four, five years. And also get the captaincy. I think it's got to be in the six, seven, eight range mm-hmm. if he if he's going to get a captaincy along with this contract because that mm-hmm. that shows that he's got the buy in for this group and he should be the captain if that's the case because he's the face of the franchise anyways. The other thing is if he's signing for eight years, uh, let's also not sign for fifteen mil a season. Like, let's also maybe keep a you know, you could take a little, little bit of a discount, right? Getting a captaincy that's got to be worth something too. You know what I mean? So I think it depends on the on the extension and what the parameters and terms of it are. Um, so if it's like I don't know five years and he's like I want fourteen five, no, I don't think you really deserve the captaincy. But if he takes an eight year deal at like thirteen million or thirteen five. Yeah, I think that that would deserve uh, a conversation. And here's why I think that it's also more likely to happen this year than it would have happened in years past when it's been discussed if the captaincy should change hands, similar to the way that you saw happen in San Jose oh many years ago. It's a new general manager, and this guy did not give the captaincy to John Tavares. He doesn't have that technical allegiance i'm sure he respects john tavares and respects the fact that kyle gave him the captaincy but now you're looking and it's like okay sheldon keith never gave him the c and now neither neither did the gm right both babcock and kyle dubas were the guys who decided to give john tavares the captaincy and neither with this organization anymore so that's not to say that they're not going that the new guys keith and Trey living and Keith, not really a new guy, but you know what I mean? Um, won't respect that decision and keep things status quo. I'm just saying maybe there's a chance that more that a conversation could be had and this topic could be broached amongst the leadership group. Um, if, if Matthews were to extend on a long-term team friendly deal. 
Yeah, and and like the, yeah, the, you're not just giving Austin Matthews the captaincy just for the sake of giving him the captaincy. There has to be a commitment from both sides onto doing this, and you know, and doing it for the right reasons too. All right, I've got one really quickly that I want to put up here because I thought that it was a hilarious question. Sure. Greg H. This isn't least related, but it, it kind of is. How fast does Goudreau and Lyonet ask for a trade out of Columbus with Babcock getting hired there? So if you missed the news, Mike Babcock um, is reportedly going to um, – signing Columbus to be their next head coach once his deal expires with Toronto, which I believe is supposed to expire uh, June 30th or after June 30th. So on July 1, he will be eligible to – he'll be a free agent coach and he'll be able to sign in Columbus, and that's the full expectation. Uh, To answer the question, how fast do I expect for them to get a trade out of Columbus – um, line a, I it probably happened yesterday yeah. when, uh, when that report happened, line is like, screw this. I'm not doing this again. I did it with torts. I hated it. I outlasted him. I don't want to go through it again with Babs. I think line a is sitting there just hating himself right now. I don't actually think Goudreau is as big of a, an issue as, as some are making it seem like I've seen online. Everyone's saying like, Oh, what about Johnny Goudreau is going to like that. Johnny Goudreau had his career year under Daryl Sutter, who's also a very hard-nosed coach, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I'm not so sure that Goudreau wouldn't like Babcock. Um, so maybe he would stick it out a little bit and see what it's all about. Line A, I think he knows exactly what Bab is all about, and he wants no part in it, no part of it. That's a name that I expect to be floated around at the draft and, you know, this summer as potential trade fodder. And, uh, hey, I mean, does he still have something in him? Maybe. But uh, I don't think he wants to play for Mike Babcock. No. And I'll I'll say this about about line eight. Like, I think Columbus should be looking to trade him regardless. I just don't know. Like, that trade just has not really worked out for them, in my opinion. No. No, it has not. And yeah, I think with Goudreau, like if the you don't think Columbus kind of floated that idea to Goudreau and be like, we're gonna bring this guy and you okay with that? Like they they made a very sizable commitment to Johnny Goudreau. They're not just gonna bring in a coach that he's gonna hate. Right. So that's the other thing to keep in mind as well. I just like since coming to Columbus, it's just crazy how you know poor he's actually been. Like it's the goal scoring is just not, not really hasn't been, he hasn't been healthy either. Like last year, only 55 games and only 56 games the year before that. So like the guy just hasn't even been healthy enough to really get going. Like anytime he starts to pick up some steam, like there was a time, I think it was like back in November, December where he did have like a, a 14, 15 game stretch where it was like, Oh, okay. Line A's, starting to do some things and then he would get hurt and he was out for six weeks and it's like, ah, okay, well, guess, guess not. Guess he's not back. But like, man, the guy has immense talent when, uh, when he's on his a game, um, there should be a lot of interest in him. I I bet you a lot of teams would have interest in Patrick line. If, if, if he is available, uh, via trade and probably at a discount based on how he's played 
performed and also the contract situation. All right. Why don't we um, why don't we stop here and uh, continue the rest of the mailbag questions? We'll leave a couple for uh, for tomorrow. We'll finish things up and go through the the rest of them. So if you didn't hear your question asked, we will get to it on tomorrow's show. Guaranteed we will. So uh, be patient with us because there were a lot of different questions that were tossed out into uh, into the universe asking us for answers. So um yes return tomorrow for more answers to those uh that'll do it for us here today on the podcast though i'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to the locked on these podcasts and all podcasts and platforms and receive daily leaves content follow myself on twitter at mickey underscore cannot follow dave at d underscore more suiting and follow the show as well at locked on leaves go ahead leave a like and a comment on youtube as well that'd be greatly appreciated let us know your thoughts and answers to the questions we asked down below we back another episode tomorrow. It's part two of the mailbag coming at you. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaves.